0: It's interesting because, you know, when Harry and Meghan made the announcement that they were going to withdraw from royal duties in the UK and go and live abroad, I I was genuinely I just thought, you know what, I really, I can see why I get that. But I think I was one of the people who thought that what they wanted was a private life. (laughs) It's like we've got anything but. Hi,
1: I'm Michelle. A random meeting in the street with my fabulous, friendly neighbour Liz resulted in the creation of this podcast. Finding ourselves at the same stage of life, we've got to know each other over cups of tea and maybe something stronger on my sofa. With seven kids and stepkids between us, we've been around the block a bit and are now redefining ourselves in midlife as empty nesters. Join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. Welcome to season three of Two Women Chatting. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And this week, I wanted to get into, you know how we just love women in midlife, reinventing themselves, finding new purpose. Case in point, Jo Elvin, who, do you remember I kind of... (laughs) Stalked. Kind of. (laughs) No, no, not kind of. You stalked. (laughs) No, no, no. I met her briefly at... um, the Feeling Fabulous event that Ruth Langsford did um, back in September. And I found myself sneakily on the VIP seats, which I hadn't paid for. And I was next to this fabulous woman in a great outfit. And it was Jo Elvin. So I got talking to her. I said, would you come on our podcast? And she very, very kindly said that she would. And she's, she is literally the epitome. Is it epitome or? She embraces what we represent. She, she definitely does because she's made some massive changes in her life. When she was at literally the pinnacle of her career She was the editor of You Magazine Which is the magazine of Mail on Sunday She has a cracking job She had a cracking job, still does But I mean, so glamorous All these wonderful events that she went to And she just said, I'm going to change what I do completely Very brave Yeah, so let's welcome Jo to our podcast so So, welcome to Jo Elvin, who is a multi-award-winning editor and broadcaster who has launched and helmed some of Britain's most successful women's magazines. She's probably most well-known as the editor-in-chief of Glamour, having worked there for 17 years. And earlier this year, Jo resigned from her job as editor of the Mail on Sunday's You magazine after four years at the helm, citing a midlife crisis. Having bought a lot of crazy-coloured jumpsuits and becoming an avid fan of Korean pop-boy bands... <laughs> Love it. But far from putting her feet up, you may have seen her on ITV's Lorraine or This Morning, raising awareness of menopause through hosting the very Perry Summit and being an advocate of the menopause mandate, which we love here, but also her new role, the chief executive of Children with Cancer UK, while still writing about fashion for the Daily Mail and being host of the Palace Confidential podcast about the royal family. So, goodness, where do we start? <laughs> so, I mean, what happened? What made you decide to completely reinvent your reinvent your midlife? And was there something that caused it?
0: You just explained it all very well. Um, I think I just kind of want, started to look around and see that, you know, maybe there are, I just kind of got curious about what else there might be. Um, and I suppose I just thought maybe it, maybe it isn't a coincidence that, you know, I'd hit my 50s and just sort of thought the longer i leave it to explore other things, the harder it might be. So I just and, and I'd had the experience of leaving Glamour when loads of us were made redundant and I'd probably stayed there too long and got a bit jaded and a bit bitter and angry about, you know, a few things. And as scary as it was, I wanted to leave a magazine editor job when everybody thought I was great. And that, do you know what I mean? That was quite nice. You get really good leaving presents. People come to your leaving party. You have a leaving party. That was a first. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to try that way of doing things. And the opportunity came along It was an opportunity that my chairman, David Gibbs, was very, very um, open to me having as a three day week role. So it just means that I get to kind of still do some of the media stuff. And that really helps, I hope, sort of like having keeping those relationships and keeping those doors open, I'm hoping will help my charity role going forward. So hopefully it's all gonna blend into this very exciting portfolio career. Well, I noticed that.
1: Okay, it's not very sort of the Meryl Streep um, character as a fashion editor, but I see they do still like you and you still do work with the Daily Mail and Mail on Sunday. So
0: you must be quite a nice person. Yeah, I still do work um, quite a bit with the mails. Sometimes they ask me to write things and I host a weekly... It's sort of like it's on Mail Plus video and on YouTube and I think you can also get it as a podcast, The Royal Show, Palace Confidential. So I find that really interesting
1: that as an Australian... You've been invited to host um, the panel talking about all things Royal. And I kind of got to ask you, what do you think about the, the current situation with Netflix? Do you feel comfortable? Well, What's your view obviously,
0: on as a, a journalist and a journalist who hosts the Royal show, you know, it's a real life soap opera, isn't it? It really is. and And I feel terrible saying that because clearly some people are very unhappy and very miserable and have had a terrible time. Apparently, I mean, it, it's a certain amount of exhaustion
1: just hearing something every single day about you know, as you say, the whole soap. It's it's
0: it. interesting because, you know, I, I honestly I said this recently when when Harry and Meghan made the announcement that they were going to withdraw from you know royal duties in the UK and go and live abroad. I, I was genuinely I just thought you know what I really I can see why I get that. It's like good for them. Fair enough. You do you. I think I was one of the people who thought that what they wanted was a private life. And it's like, we've got anything but. I hope that the path they've chosen makes them happy. But, I mean, maybe they are happy, but certainly their currency and what makes them um, somebody who Netflix want to pay for content with and Spotify is the fact that they're not very happy. So I just, uh, you know, I think it, it's, they have seemed to me to have gone from one sad situation to another. Yeah, they're using their mi- misery as currency, aren't they? Yeah. but uh, Albeit, you know, they've got a very nice house. They've got two adorable children and they seemingly get to use their switch on and off, whether or not they're want to be known as titled royals or not so it's it's fascinating now talking of um two children saw so this quote of
1: yours um now when harry commented in vogue magazine that in a bid to be mindful of environmental concerns he and megan just plan on having no more than two children and <laughs> your comment was i'm sure he's not implying you're a waste of
0: space <laughs> Prince Louis. Well, it was slightly unfortunate timing. I don't think Louis had been around that long. Yeah, it, well, exactly. That's the thing. It's like every everything they say, and it must be so awful, because everything they say becomes scrutinised. But he may well not have thought that one through, but it did seem a little bit like a dig at the time. Now, you have a daughter, don't you? And I think, is she
1: 17? She is. Yeah, she's 17. So she is presumably flying
0: the nest in the next, what, year or so? Who knows, hey? I don't know. She, she's at that age where she, um, every week, brings a new thought about what next year might bring or, you know, what, what she may or may not do. So I'm just waiting to be given my instructions about how I sort of like am funding whatever's next.
1: <laughs> so does she take after you in her creativity? Is she? Does she now go out in crazy fashion items that perhaps, you know,
0: clothes my boyfriend hates or something? Is there going to be a new hashtag? No, the only new hashtag is trolled by my teen because she thinks that my clothes are ridiculous. Um, she's very much – they they the aesthetic amongst her generation seems to be a real sort of like back to the 90s thing. Very, you know, boy – Very retro. Doc Martens, um, music, you know, band T-shirts. That seems to be – where she's at and actually she's very much um, this may be her way of rebellion I don't know but she's very mindful of consumerism and fast fashion so she's just not really she's not into it she's not she you know all the all her clothes are vintage or secondhand you know so yeah she's a completely different animal in that respect. And do you find it hard to hold back when she's
1: walking out the door? Do you, she probably makes more comments about your clothes. Yeah,
0: no, I, I generally, she's got her own style. You know, she likes um, sort of like little skirts and T-shirts and tights and Doc Martens, and she always looks super cute. So, I, you know, I no, but she, yeah, she thinks that the things, she I mean, she hates colour, she hates pattern, she hates the way I clash things up. So she just thinks I'm ridiculous. But that's i mean—that that's fair, isn't it? Everyone thinks their mum's ridiculous. And um, I know you've talked in the past about having one child,
1: which has been wonderful. I hope mine aren't listening, because sometimes it'd be really nice just to have one that you're just like one-to-one with all the time, just one set of problems. But, you know, when she leaves, if she does leave, and a lot of people stay at home longer, have you thought about, you know, I mean, you've already made some big changes in your, your life right now. Partly as your sort of changes to think, yeah, this is like my next phase
0: of life. What what am I going to do when she's gone? I'm slightly in denial about that. Um, I haven't really thought that through yet. And I don't think we'll be there for a little while yet. But yeah, I think I'll be really, really sad, actually. I better start, you're right, I better start thinking about how I fill my time because i'll miss her like crazy so tell us you've got this new podcast that you're you're coming out with is that are you ready to reveal a bit more about that it's called fame and it's trying to really get inside the head and under the skin of famous people about what it's really like what it does to your emotions and your psyche and just you know i think a lot of celebrities get asked one or two questions in a, in a broad interview, like, you know, what, what does it feel like to be recognized? Can you go out and sit in your favorite restaurant? In a, but I think that I've, I've asked people about things like what it does to their dreams. What do they wake up from that they've dreamt in the middle of the night? Just that only a famous person could, what does it do when, how does it feel when you're determined not to change, but just the fact that you're now this superstar Changes everybody else around you. Um, So I've sort of like tried to have some really quite deep conversations um, with a whole range of different people who are famous for different reasons. Fame is out from the 28th of December. Um, So can you share with us who you've got coming on the season? Yeah, I've got quite a few different people. I've got Jamila Jamil. I've got Amy Schumer. I've got Tracy Ann Oberman. I've got um, Tom Holland's father, Dominic, talking about what it's like when you tried to be famous and actually then your son became this sort of like worldwide movie star and he's really sweet but also quite bemused about that and quite interesting got amanda de Cadenae who was you know a very famous woman in the 80s and 90s here talking about the perspective of her fame changing and how she felt you know really sort of like shaped by The treatment she was given by the tabloids over here. So, and lots of different conversations with different kinds of people. Sarah Jane Dunn, who was on Hollyoaks but had to leave because she wanted to set up her OnlyFans account and talking about what it's like to be famous for that kind of a reason. And she's really articulate on it, actually. So, there's just, I've just tried to find people who have got different perspectives on the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. So, it's not like this usual run of the mill. I hope not. No, that would be really interesting. And I see that you've both Liz and I signed up to your Substack.
0: Mm. Oh wow! Thank yeah. you. I didn't even know what Substack was. No, I thought it was a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> just think about food again, aren't you? <laughs> I've not provided food on my Substack. But if, if they figure out a way, I will. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a really fun
1: way of sharing content that can be either yeah. just a subscribe for free or you know. Paying different levels, do you think a lot of um, writers journalists are, are going
0: that way? I think quite possibly, yeah, because I think that you have a direct connection with people who you know want to read your content, which is really, really nice. You can set the parameters on you know how often you do it um, you can i think I think it's just it just opens more opportunities for writers, particularly you know. Budgets on things like newspapers and magazines are shrinking, um, so I think it's it's just an interesting way to get your voice out there. And I'm finding it's a, you know it's it's growing slowly, but it is growing, um, which is really really nice. And I get lots of nice feedback from it. And sometimes, occasionally, then like another outlet, like a newspaper or something, will ask me to expand on something I've written on Substack. So it's kind of you know it it's that's not why I do it, but it does sometimes offer other. uh, offer up other opportunities as well yeah and I I was almost pulled well I am pretty
1: much pulled in to upgrade my subscription because I see you're going to spill the tea on some of the stories that you've got from your days in magazines now that you're not
0: there definitely so yeah and it's really fun because you know I don't have to I can just say what I want and I don't have to worry so yeah that's fun if you want to share anything today (laughs) anything a little bit juicy (laughs) I'm going to sign up, I'm going to sign up,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, So finally, can we just ask you a bit more? So now you've, you've really, you know, you've changed your job and you're working part-time as the chief executive of Children with Cancer UK. And I love how much you're investing in research, so important. It seems to be like investing in research, raising awareness and support and supporting families going through it. So can you tell us a bit more about that charity?
0: Well, it's fascinating to me that um, this charity is nearly 35 years old and probably by the end of January will have raised its 300 millionth pound for research and, you know, well-being for, for children and their families. Childhood cancer is, there's about 12 children a day. It's a really sobering thought to me that cancer is really the biggest killer of children, in this country and it's um, an area of cancer research that is chronically underfunded and misunderstood and so this charity was founded by a family who lost two children to cancer Um, and with the promise one of one of the their young son Paul who was 14 when he passed away with leukaemia made his parents promise that they would help other children like him And that's where this whole amazing um, foundation, this whole amazing charity started. Now, what I find extraordinary is that a lot of people, really a lot, too many people just haven't heard of Children with Cancer UK, And I think that that's why I've been brought in to help elevate the profile, to expand the reach, particularly amongst hopefully some of some corporate partners going forward, to get some ambassadors on board, to get people really talking about it, because the research is making a difference. The problem with research is, I think that because sometimes it can take five, ten years for something of a breakthrough that that really makes a difference. But... um, the needle has moved in terms of treating uh, childhood cancers and survival rates for people who have who have had childhood cancer. And I think there's another th- whole area that people don't really understand is that because majority of research done in this country for cancers is based on adult cancers, what tends to happen is the um, treatments for adult cancers get routinely given to children and they're just too harsh and cause all sorts of other side effects and problems for that child going forward in their life. So you get over cancer and then you have all these other things associated with the fact that the treatments are very, very harsh. So for nearly 35 years, this charity has been working to try and increased funding into research increased out- amazingly better outcomes for children and kinder treatments and so that's why we do what we do.
1: You've had your first event I think wasn't that the the large ball yes, quite so
0: recently in November. Yeah. envy. we need it. <laughs> press on the guest list
1: next year. We'll come and help you uh <laughs> raise money. Yeah, we need all
0: the help we can. <laughs> yeah.
1: We've been asking all the guests that we've had on, what is the best thing about being a midlife woman?
0: God, well, the the, the, the real answer is I don't get menstrual migraines anymore. That's cool. <laughs> Which is just really great. Um, I think it's that you just, you, you've just kind of like, you know so much more about who you are and what you want and what you will and won't tolerate. And I'm sure, sure that that's probably what everybody else has said. But I, I just kind of enjoy that. I don't know. I don't get embarrassed by things anymore. I, I think I, I definitely have more confidence as I've got older just to be who I am. That's perfect. Yeah.
1: I mean, we all yeah. lose our filters, don't we? I think that's what I enjoy the most. I just say anything, do anything, try anything, and I don't care yeah. who I embarrass, really. It's fun. <laughs> I did want to, <laughs> There was one of the things that your husband has said on, you know, with your hashtag My husband hates. Oh, yeah. And um, I know that he gets triggered by big old bell-bottom trousers. Yeah. PJ's worn for the day. And his quote was, oh, do you know why men hate culottes? <laughs> because men have eyes. I know. <laughs>
0: I bet he's so fun. (laughs) He is very funny, but he's very dry. (laughs) Is Um, he English? uh, Yeah, Yeah, he's he's got that dry sense of humour. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but um, oh God, he, he really didn't want to do that interview I put on Substack last night but I just made him because I couldn't think of anything else to write yesterday, so I just made him. <laughs> that's brilliant. Really I should think yeah. he's got his own fan club by now. <laughs> I know. Well, he thinks that – he he worries that people will hate him for it, but it's just funny. Yeah, that's great.
1: You've got to have a sense of humour, especially at the moment, haven't you?
0: Exactly. Um, ah, yeah. Well, Joe,
1: thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real joy to talk to you, and I'm sorry I stalked you at that Ruth Langsford
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Me at all. I, I had such fun doing that. I hope they asked me to do it again. I know. I love that event. It was really fun. This couldn't come, but I just
1: liked the way there was a bit of everything, and you know, it was close enough that you felt like you're really part of the conversation, especially with the panel conversations on stage. I liked it. I thought it was mm. good. Good.
0: And she she was a wreck backstage, Luke. She uh Ruth. She was so nervous. She, but,
1: she, gosh, she is so professional because she gets on that stage and she just looks poised
0: and articulate. She's just the loveliest lady. She really deserves everything good. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah, that is nice. Fabulous
1: talking to you. Well, thanks for taking most of that. It was about half women chatting today, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was one and a half women chatting and one of those was Joe Elvin. Yeah. I'm not feeling too good today, I'll be honest. I know. Well, I really hope you feel better, but... Um, Loved her. She's got so much energy and she's giving back lots of amazing philanthropy. And I'm the podcast is great. I love fame. Fantastic. It's really good. So do take a listen to her new podcast. That's Fame and it's with Joe Elvin, available on all podcast platforms. You know, she was talking about so if famous people wake up in a, you know, what kind of dreams they have. Yeah. Can I just tell you about the stupidest dream I had this week? So, you know how I like, Obsessed sometimes over this podcast and our website and, and all that stuff. I dreamt about King Charles <laughs> and we got him for an interview.
0: <laughs> now that is impressive. I know.
1: So we'd got, he's not even a midlife woman. <laughs> so we got King Charles for an interview. And wouldn't you know it, I forgot to press record. <laughs> So we you could actually say we did get King Giles. <laughs> King Giles. <laughs>
0: King Here Charles, we go, Liz. But we forgot to record it.
1: Yeah, no, well in also, and I was in I mean in my dreams as well. I was like, oh, I haven't done the research, don't know what questions we're gonna ask him. And um, can someone just get King Charles a <laughs> cup of tea? This is what I was saying to people, and then I completely didn't press the button. So if we did get King Charles or Queen Consort, Consort, how about Camilla. Queen Consort? Camilla, yeah. you're welcome anytime will fit in around your schedule. Um, I will press record. Oh, gosh. You did that? Have... <laughs> that was seriously your dream? Honestly, I'm not even joking. And it stayed with me for days now. You know when you just, you need to break the dream because it feels so heavy. It feels so realistic that you, I thought it had happened. That was my stomach. <laughs> hungry. How's your diet? Oh um great. I've just spent a really really healthy couple of weeks um walking and exercising and watching what I eat. I've had a dry January so far, not even moist. Wow. So that's it. Loved Joe Elvin, loved her podcast and do take a look at our website. We have worked really hard on it on the last few last month. few months really. Liz, our internet ferret. <laughs> has done a crazy amount of research. There's loads of resources on there. We've also got some really great offers from people and products that we either like or we've worked with. It's worth looking at those. Yes. And every month now, or whenever we get around to it, yeah, yeah, we're putting be- our own recommendations on. So books that we've liked and products that we've used that we think are really cool.
0: Yeah, and especially for dry January, we've got the non-alcoholic drinks that we recommend. Yeah, yeah. And we've obviously got some diet tips as well this is January yes
1: diet tips and um, you know places you can go and get support if you want to carry on doing your dry January and if you want to drop a few pounds and just reset in January Mm. we've got some fun stuff coming up haven't we working for International Women's Day this year and uh Going on local radio. We are. I oh, know. I forgot about that. Yeah, but you're oh, really looking forward oh, to that one. I am
0: terrified. Oh when we did that Netflix thing, didn't we? I? I forgot
1: Oh yeah, wasn't. we guested on a couple of podcasts. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've done Always, quite available. A lot. Always available. Always <laughs> available. Just just email us, twowomenchatting at gmail.com. <laughs> Always available. So that's it from us and we'll be with you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages.